you can turn to uh, Matthew 22. Hallelujah. Uh, Matthew 22. I'm not sure if we should read the 14 verses, but we'll just start um, maybe in the beginning. But uh, Jesus uh, answered and spoke to them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son and sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding, and they were now willing to come. Again, he sent out other servants saying, tell those who are invited, see, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and fatted cattle are killed and all things are ready, come to the wedding. But they made light of it and went their ways, one to his own farm, another to his business. And the rest seized his servants, treated them spitefully and killed them. But when the king heard about it, he was furious and he sent out his armies, destroyed the those murderers, and burned up their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Therefore go into the highways, and as many as you find, invite to the wedding. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all whom they found, both bad and good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests." When the king came to see the guests, and then, um, I'm not going to read the rest, he saw a man who wasn't wearing the, the wedding garment, and then he, he said, cast him out and take him out. Um, but the heart of, Jesus gave so many parables. The heart of, of this is God, and God is preparing a wedding, setting a table, and everybody is invited to that wedding. Now those in this parable, those he first invited, they reject him, also refers to, his people, you know, the Jewish people rejected him. Then the door was open to others. But it also, to me, um, even I'm, I was even meditating on Psalm 23. He says, he prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Yes. The Father is preparing a table. That table has been set, even when we talk about the, the marriage supper of the Lamb. A table set and everybody's invited. I don't know if you all grow up where you all sat at the table to eat. Today, my message is seated, seated at the father's table. Um, I know we did that. I remember in Jordan years ago, I'm trying to remember, I was trying to remember how many times like we've always sat regularly at the table. I used to come from school and in Jordan, the table, because my, my dad had to eat one o'clock sharp. So every day, one o'clock, a table sat, um, and you know we would eat. Now, if we were in school, my mom would leave the table set, so they would eat, and and he would take his nap. But then I would come always, and the table set, the food is there. I would eat, and then we clean up. So I I remember that part. Now, with the raising a family and the boys, I don't remember that as much because as a mother, and I know you mothers would relate, where you're you're always serving the kids. You never really sit at the table. I know me, I never, I don't remember sitting at the table. So we, many, many people, I talk to people many times, you guys sit at the table to eat? No, they people just grab their plates and, and go like somewhere. Actually to sit at the table and eat and, and I, and you know, we're going to think in the national for a minute. It's a big deal. And sometimes actually, what is it? 
to get everybody attention where they're talking to each other at the table. That's hard also, because you can have everybody sitting at the table, but they're really not engaging in meaningful conversation. Either they're distracted with their phone or, or something. So, but to me, like, um, the father is so interested in us sitting at the table. How do we know that? You know, one of my favorite verses that I've mentioned many times, Revelation 3.20, um, he is saying, I stand at the door and knock, and if anybody, remember that was given to the churches, God's people. Mm-hmm. So God's people, God's people, we know we, we have a seat at the table. How many of you love it when you go to a wedding or, a, or an event where when you go in, your name is at, at the seat table? It's, um, it makes you feel good. Any time you go there, you see somebody made a card, and man, this is my seat. And, and to me, it doesn't matter where they seat me. It feels good to go somewhere that somebody puts a card for your name. You're counted on. You're actually counted to sit at the table. Of course, if you're at the wedding and you're part of the wedding groom or bride, it kind of feels more privileged because you're sitting kind of in the front. So imagine, imagine the father. The, I know last week uh, Brother Brandon talked about the father, which was good. The father has a seat for us at the table. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of, you know, you all know, yeah, we know we have a seat at the table because we're part of his kingdom. So he's, in Revelation 3.20, he says, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, if anyone opens the door, I come in and sit at the table. And again, I always say that. Why, why aren't we sitting at the table if we're his church? You know, why are we not? And we sang two songs talking about away, away from the nose. Why we're not sitting at the table? This parable we just read is interesting because it highlights a big part of why people weren't coming to the table. And um, let's, let's still go to Song of Solomon 2.4. Song of Solomon 2.4. Okay, it says, what does it say? He, yes, he brought me to his banqueting table and his banner over me is love. I know that's what it says. He brought me to his banqueting table. You know, you know the thing I wanted us to meditate on for a few minutes? Do we even know what, it's, what it is to sit at the Father's table? Now, someone who never sat, ate with their father at the table. And it's a big deal. And, and let's, let's talk about the father for a minute. Um, uh, like, you know, if the fathers, you know, when you have father and mother, which is God's order, father and mother and children, uh, not two fathers, two mothers, all that uh, distorted, um, you know, image of, of what God wanted. So you sit at the table. Many people I talk to, they say, oh, we never ever sat at the table to eat together. We just, each person grabs. And I know when the kids were growing up, they played sports. It was hard to get them all at the same time. You come from sports, you eat, you, before you leave out the door, you eat. But I mean, we, so people who've never experienced that, you don't even know what it's like to sit at the table. Look people in the face. And I've heard people who during holidays, they collect cell phones. I told you, I think recently, that Young Life Camp, they collect the phones, all the phones in the beginning of the camp. 
They take away this distraction and really allow God to, to speak to them. Yes. So we, if we don't know, you know, we say things and we talk about cliches, but we don't even know what it's like. What does it mean he set a banqueting table? Think of a banquet now, huge banquet. Think of it in the natural, all kind of foods, all kind of things. He set it. Your name is on the table. You got a card with your name because you 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 became part of his family. You're really a son and a daughter, but you don't even know what it's like. We actually don't even sit at that table. Why do why we don't know that? Because he says I'm standing outside, and that church was complacent. So let's talk for a few minutes. Um, what um, why we don't sit at the table? What what is it that hinders us from sitting at the table? Now this, uh, Matthew 22 is our first, we're going to bring a few, the first one. Why? Because we're busy. Mm-hmm. We're so, so um, why, why uh, what hinders us coming to the paper, uh, table? First of all, busy. Mm-hmm. So we're so busy, and, and I understand that because I stay busy and I don't like to be idle, but we really don't have time. So the table's set, your name is there, and we're like, oh Lord, I don't have time for you. I don't have time for you. And then you know what we do? Have you ever done that where you, you have a dinner table and you're just like, oh, let me grab this apple real quick on my way out. Let me grab, um, let me grab a bite, you know, get a fork, you grab a bite, and you're on your way out, eating from his table, but really not sitting at the table. It's, there's a big difference. So that's one. They were so busy. One had a wedding, one had this. And we're so busy in our lives that we, we don't know what to sit down and just, sit down sit down and just rest and actually not make noise and actually not have not answer a phone not talk to anybody not minister to anybody just just sit down like isn't that awesome like to me and i and many times i i noticed that i remember when i first came from jordan because we everybody would be in the same room talking at the same time so i used to cut people off all the time all the, oh, my Lord, it was horrible. And even when I was married, I didn't realize it because that's our culture. And, you know, but I started becoming conscious of this bad habit because people, you know, Americans would look at me and I know they're looking at me in their heads like, you're rude. And I really didn't mean to. It's just the way we learn. We just, everybody talks, we understand each other. So I started becoming conscious. No, she's, nobody's bad as I was, trust me. <laughs> really but i mean it's okay when you're together like i was doing it with people they don't know me and i can tell they're in i could see it on their face they're saying you're rude i could see it and i'm glad maybe they did that so i became conscious of this i'm like okay i need to yes yes that's it so I've, I've so much better thank you lord because i'm now i can actually listen for a long time and, and be quiet. And I'm like, thank you, Lord, I did change. But I had to change that by uh, being conscious of it. So, you know, but then that's the thing. You know, if we sit at the table with him, do we even know to even listen? Just be quiet. Because we will be praying, saying, talking, uh, even declaring, you know, saying all that. And, and he might say, shh, just hush. Just away with the noise. There's two songs in here that were just right on. Like as far as, I mean, the topic I was trying to talk away with the noise just just be quiet so being so busy so busy 
and we just like to get a trophy for it. You know, we feel like we, we, someone needs to give us a trophy. You know, we boast about how much we can do. You know, somebody recently says, oh, you're so good at multitasking. And, and I went away with that compliment thinking, is it really that good? Is it really that good that we can do a few things at the same time? Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we learn to, to just like wing so many things, but then that bad habit, we kind of got, got in the mix. Hey, Lord, I can worship you, and I can pray, and I can listen to my word while I'm doing dishes, while I'm putting my shoes on. You know what I mean? And, and not that we shouldn't stop doing that. I think it's great that we're actually worshiping, listening to the word, doing all that. But, but on top of that, when do we give time for we just we listen? We just stop all the noise. So why, you know, that's one of the reasons why we, do we even talk to the host when we're invited to dinner? You know, you can be invited to dinner. I mean, I've, uh, we've, I've had dinners at my house where sometimes the conversation, we never, like you never end up interacting with the person who initially invited. You know, the best time to interact with people is when you go out to eat. Because you, I feel like it's more focused time. You sit across somebody from them. And sometimes husband's wife. Do we, do we even have these conversations? Even lately, I was thinking, how much of our conversation when we talk to people are deep, meaningful? Like, we're really talking deep stuff. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, we're not talking shallow. Oh, the weather's great. Everybody knows that. That's, when you talk about the weather, people, that means your relationship with them is not very deep. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you can find something to talk about. So what hinders us coming to the table? Uh, second thing is, what is sin? Look at, uh, think of the story of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was, uh, Jesus followed him, he was robbing people to gain money, and then Jesus comes to him, and you know, he's trying to tell him, you're invited to the table, I'm coming to your house today. What before that, and, and G- Zacchaeus went up to the tree to see Jesus, so part, he really was seeking, but he knew he was sinful. So he, he didn't want to be seen, he didn't want to be, because hey, I, I'm not worthy to come to that table. So sin sometimes, we're like, I don't deserve it. But then your name is still on that table. And remember, we, we can talk a bit about somebody who's never had experience with him, which they need to be part of that uh, bride. But then when you know him, you're part of that table. Your name is actually sitting. It's like always remember, when you're not seated at that table, there's a vacancy on that table. So... Um, Life of sin hinders us from coming to the table because we feel like we're not worthy, because we feel like we don't deserve it. We blew it yesterday. We weren't, we weren't patient. We were angry. We did this. We did that. So that hinders us from coming to the table. Uh, another one which we talked about, Revelation 3.20, number three, complacency. That church was complacent. They were so caught up in their wealth and then making money, and I'm not against making money and success and all that. They were so caught up, and they were, they were just satisfied. They were just, they, they didn't need him at the table. Actually, they probably, it's like, oh, come in. We need you. It's like those kind of relationships you have with people. Some people were like, if they need you, they'll call you. If they don't need you, they never hear from them. They don't even know you. Um, I've actually, over the years, I learned a lot. And you know the sad part, sometimes when people reject you, you know what we do? We say, oh, that's all right, I'm used to it. Isn't that an awful thing to be used to? And actually, it's not a good thing to be used to that because that means you're, uh, you're adopting this rejection. 
I remember years ago, this one lady, I went somewhere, and I knew she, for some reason, she acted like she didn't know me. And you know what I do when somebody do that? I'll just walk straight right to him and say, hey, how are you doing? When you know what they're doing. Like, what was that about? People are weird sometimes. God bless them. They just act like, that. like if you have issues with somebody, go tell them, but don't act weird. You know somebody, say hi to them. But I mean, people, you know, I try to, to break down a bridge if I see one. I mean, break or down a wall. If you go somewhere and somebody knows you, but they're around their crowd. So oh, yes. And you're, them. yes, well, yes. Know you then. Yeah, you because you don't fit in that yeah. thing they have yeah, or like people. Yes. Yeah. You know, the best way when you see people like that, walk straight to them and their <laughs> crowd. I've done that. And they're like, oh, hi, yeah. I'm like, you remember I'm me? You know me. I've seen somebody and I go, <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't run from people when they, I actually I go break. Because, peop, because you, you need to teach them, what are you doing that for? What's mm. that about? You know somebody, talk to them, unless you didn't see them. Um, so complacency. And then uh, sometimes we don't take our seat at the table because we give our seat to somebody else. Yeah. Well, we think the same I used to do. Even now, I have a habit, like, let's say, if we go eat at my mom and she has the table set, the dining room, I would, I would choose to give up my seat and go sit in the kitchen or, and say, oh, I don't need to sit at the big table. It's a habit because I'm always used to be up when the kids were young. And then, but then you realize you miss out on the conversation at the big table. You miss out on what's being said. And then we, we don't have to give up our seat to somebody else because there's a seat for you and a seat for me and a seat for somebody else. That table is huge. If he has a, prepared a table like the marriage supper, and that table has to be huge for to fit everybody. So amen. So don't worry about that, that you need to give your seat for someone else. So and the, 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 one, the one which I really want to focus about, the last one, what hinders us coming to the table? I want you to turn to 2 Samuel chapter 9. 2 Samuel chapter 9, it talks about the story of the son of Jonathan. What happened is, um, remember when David made the covenant with Jonathan and he told him that he will take care of his seed? So D David here... Uh, in 2 Samuel 9, he asks, well, what, uh, what happened to the household of Jonathan? Like, uh, what's, who's, who, you know, what's going on with that? And then what happened, they tell him, hey, Jonathan had a son. His name is Metush. Let me say his name right. Mephibosheth. What is it? Mephibosheth. 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 That's a little hard. Okay. So he said, who's, who's left of the household of David? They said, hey. Your, uh, your servant had a son, his name is Mephibosheth, but he's actually crippled. So when he was five years old, and when they heard the death of Saul and Jonathan, Mephibosheth, uh, his, his maid trying to run and take him, he fell and was crippled for both foot. And he was actually living in a very poor, very bad part of town or whatever place you want to call it. So... What does David do? David says, I remember my covenant to Jonathan. And he said, go, go bring him to me. So then, and um, so the, the, the chariot of David goes to this very part, bad of area, and he gets Mesuvitus to come to the castle. Uh, let, let's think for a moment. 
what sometimes hinders us coming to the table, and I want to use the word crippled. We're crippled. Now, first of all, when we're living in a life of sin, we're already crippled with sin. But what happens when we come to the Lord and we receive and we come to the Father, as, as Jesus said, I'm and the Father are one. We come to the Father through the Son. We come to the Father, but there's still some areas of our life are still crippled. We're not crippled with sin, but we're crippled maybe in our emotion. We're crippled in our, um, how we see ourselves. And those things are hindering us from partaking fully at the Father's table. So we're, we're, we're kind of sitting and we feel like, this is not for me and I don't deserve it and, and I'm unworthy. And those crippling feeling, like to me, that's why I kept thinking, wow, when we are crippled, we can be crippled and be walking with the Lord. Mm. Now, one thing I didn't, uh, didn't mention, remember we talked a while back about the story of the two to Emmaus, the two, uh, who are the two walking uh, the road to Emmaus. Remember Jesus walked with them? Jesus walked with them, talked with them, they talked about Jesus. They talked about all the stuff. They invited him to his house. They still didn't even know him. So we can talk to Jesus, talk about Jesus, pray, minister, do all these things, and there's still, there's still a part of him that still we don't know yet. That part of him, I, I do feel that even with Father's Day, I think some of us, we kind of need the baptism of the Father's love to, to truly know how he, much he loves us because we, we've never experienced, maybe earthly father, if you've never experienced the love, I was, I'm so thankful for fathers where children can feel that Father's love, mm-hmm. where you can go to a father, uh, you know, get his counsel, his love, his hug. But, but some, some, some who didn't experience that, you don't even know what that's like. So what, what does it mean to have a father's embrace? What does it mean to have a father who loves his daughter or son unconditionally or, or a father that's there for you? So, so we, we, some part of us is crippled by that. Yeah. And that, that, that somehow, and we don't like to talk about stuff like that in churches, that stuff is, it, there's, there's, there's um, crippled people in the body of Christ. We could be crippled in areas. You could be whole in some areas, but there's a part of you that's almost crippled. That part is not moving. That part is, you know. And here, thank, for Meshuffalish, he couldn't come to the king on his own. He's lame. You know, that's why I thank God for, I think, his word, the body, even leaders, ministers, pastors, whoever God had used to help us bridge that gap. You know, some of us, we need to, to close the gap. There's a gap in some areas, and I'm not talking in every area. That's the thing sometimes I say, well, no, I, I think I'm good. Yeah, but there's some area where you never even tackled because that area is painful because you're like, well, I don't even know what that's like. I, I don't even understand. You feel like we have to do something to measure up. Even, even the stuff we do for the Lord, if we're doing it feeling that, because he's going to accept me more, love me more, then we don't know the word of God, because that's not why we do it. And he doesn't love me more or accept me more because I fasted, prayed, read his word, gave or, or prayed for everybody. But so here, Methuselah, so here, and it's amazing to me that uh, David's covenant with Jonathan 
it reminds us, it was unconditional, it reminds us of the God's covenant with us that's always, God's covenant with us will always like, that's why we know we always have a seat at the table because of God's, you know, remember we're the seed of, um, we're from the seed of David. So, uh, I mean, Jesus is from the seed of David. So God's covenant with us is unconditional. So, and I believe, I believe that he, he's trying to bring us to his table from this, you know, crippling places where like, Table set. I got the table set for you guys. Come on. And he's sitting waiting for us. And that's why maybe, maybe we sometimes don't like to sit and be quiet because that kind of is uncomfortable. Just to sit at the table. Maybe we should practice that at home. Just when nobody's there, sit at the table by yourself and say, Lord, you know, I want, I want, I want to just sit with you and be quiet. I just want to hear you. Maybe he's trying to minister to areas in our life that we haven't allowed ourselves to be ministered to. And, and, and specifically, I'm going to hit on the Father's area because I believe that's a big deal. When we're not confident in that Father's love, there's something missing there. So here, Mephibosheth, can you imagine what he felt like? He probably like, what's David Sherry doing here? I'm going to be killed. Because he knew that. It's like he didn't think it was a good thing. And why, why is it sometimes when, like sometimes, you know, even us, let's say if your kid's trying to call you or somebody, we always think negative. Have you ever thought like, oh, I wonder what's going on. Maybe there's a problem. Why we always think of the worst? And the same we think of the father. Oh, what's up? What's going on? Maybe he is coming to scold us, rebuke us, slap us, uh, judge us. That, that's the wrong image of the father, actually. What you know, he's saying is banqueting, he's brought me to his banqueting table. He is a banquet for us. And some of us, we need, to, we need to cut some of this business and just say, Lord, I need to just sit with you. Just sit somewhere in the house. Just sit somewhere in your car and just say, Lord, speak to me. Refresh me. Deal with those areas in my heart. You know why I know we're crippled in areas and rough? And I'm talking about just living waterless. I'm talking about the body in general. I talk to other people, we all have, everybody has some kind of issues from the past. Unless you didn't have a past and you just like supernaturally was raised today, and didn't have to deal with any pain, every person dealt with some kind of pain. And so here I'm sure Methuselah were like, he thought the worst. And then um, he gets carried to David's castle. And what does David tell him? I'm going to consider you like one of my sons and you're going to eat daily at my table. Daily. Daily. Wow. Have you thought about it? You know, have you, think about it for a minute. Miss, say it, brother. Daily eating at David's. You know what's going to happen after a while? He's going to forget he's crippled. He is I'm sitting daily. Do you know what that looks like to have it at a king's table? Back then, they went all out. <laughs> they got every fruit of the land, everything, everything for the king to be invited. You know, if every day you're eating from that, you're going to forget about your crippleness. You're going to actually, you're not going to be focused on that. You know why we're focused on those crippled part of us? Because we don't sit and eat at his table daily. Sure. We don't dine with him. When we dine with him, even though 
he wants to correct areas in our life. But sometimes when we focus too much on that, people forget his love. He wants to shower you with his love. He wants you to eat his delicacies. He wants you to eat from his, his uh, even, I mean, Jeremiah said, your word was like honey. When the word of God is not like honey, that means we're, we're, it's, it's not coming through the source. You know, we were doing it religiously. So he's saying, eat, eat from my food, be replenished, be, be filled. Um, um, and then on top of that, you know what, what David told him? Not, not your son, you have a son too. Your son will be part of this blessing. So when we, when we dine with the king, when we, you know, sometimes we're trying to help everybody else and we need to help ourselves. We want to invite it's the same like me. I'm going to give you a good example. I go, sometimes when I go to a restaurant, I ask the waitress um, if they've tried this or is it good. And I remember one particular place, I think the waitress haven't tried anything on that menu. And that was, to me, like, not a good idea. Because you, that's not, to me, like, the same like I work at a health store and I don't believe in any of the supplements. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You shouldn't, you know. But then the ones who are like, oh, this is so good, um, I went out with my mom and aunt the other day, so we tried this place in Easton. It's pretty good. But I mean, the guy, he's tried, you can tell he's tried so many things. Oh, this is good, this is that. You know what, it, and, and he was right. His recommendations were good. But you know what, how, how are you inviting people to dine and see the Father's love when we don't even know what that's, that's like? We're telling them, oh, come on to the Father's table. He's got, so, and, you know, he's, he's got all this stuff for you to try. And then, and then sometimes they get us. People will sometimes get you because they, they start seeing in us. Sometimes part of us is uncovered to them when they say, oh, they've never even, they don't even know what that's like. They've never tasted all these stuff at the Father's table. They don't even, they're not confident in the Father's love. So it's, honestly, that's what we need to work on. Because then when we inside, we tell them, hey, come dine with me at my Father's table. Not come to the Father's table. There's a difference. And say, come dine with me to, because we, we've tried it. We know what it's like. It's good stuff. And I really feel, um, you, know, it, it, you know, thank God when we have earthly fathers, but when we don't, we need to know we have a heavenly father. And he's so much, he's more faithful. He will never leave us, never forsake us. And he wants us to um, just experience him in that way. You know what another thing David did? Not just, hey... You eat at my table every day. I'm going to give you back the land of Saul. Mm -hmm. And Ziba, I think Ziba is his name, or Ziba. Ziba, I think. Ziba, yes. Ziba and all his, is it 15 kids? They're going to take care of the land for you, so they'll be all your servants. So he's given him inheritance. You know, so when you, think of it this way. When you sit at the father's table daily, you and your generation, again, we all talk about the junk, your will be blessed, and they will partake of that blessing when, you, when we choose to truly know him in that way. Yes. And on top of that, there's an, you experience the inheritance. Mm. We always talk about inheritance, and that's why many times I say, Lord, we don't even know, we haven't even scratched the surface of this inheritance. It's like some, you know, and I was, that's, I always repeat that, the story of the prince and the pauper. I love that story because I always think how they switch places. And then somebody who was so rich 
experience a life of poverty and it was the opposite. It's like imagine when you have all this blessing and you are living impoverished in, in soul, in emotions, in thinking. You know, we're, this is not just about money. Money is one aspect, but we miss out the, the whole person of us, which is our, our soul, our emotions, our mind. We're impoverished. And, uh, and I just want to encourage you today, even, you know, if, you know, just ask the Lord, what, is there an area in my life where I'm crippled? Maybe because of my experience, uh, maybe because the, the pain. Think one thing, Mephibosheth fell when he was five. So that fall caused him to be crippled. You know, sometimes there's stuff that could have happened in our life that caused us to be crippled in areas. And we didn't know how to come out of it. So we just sat crippled till somebody came to us. And you know what, why we need to get that? Because there's people out there who are crippled and we need to go get them and bring them to the Father's table. Amen. So if we don't get, if you don't get that ourselves, we don't, we, we need to go get them. Ms. Shuvetis, he had to be brought mm -hmm. to David's uh, palace because he's crippled. And I, and I know that's, that's our heart, but my heart is, Lord, let us, let us experience that. Let us know your, uh, um, your love and, and what it means to sit at your table daily and partake of that blessing and our children and experience their inheritance because we want to go and bring others to that yes. table. Yes. You know, he brought me to his banqueting table and his banner over me is love. You almost can read that 10 times. He brought me to his banqueting table and his banner over me is love. He says, stand at the door and knock. And if anyone opens that door, I come in and eat with him. Wow. I come in and eat with him. You know, you know what? We need, maybe we need to start, you know how to, to practice setting up, maybe setting, you know, setting an extra plate. I know Jesus is there. I know he's on our, but sometimes... We need to, to, there's something we need to get more. You know what I mean? Like a revelation that really, we're like, hey, Lord, you're invited at our table. And I was, you know, and then he also, when you invite him to your table, provision comes, blessing. Yeah. You exp it's not that it's, it's not, it's already been given to us. Mm -hmm. It's just we're not partaking it. Right. You know, so we, it's almost like, think about it, even another practical example. You have a banquet full of all this, beautiful things the father said and we go eat fast food mm -hmm. i mean think about it, even spiritual i can see that i can understand a spiritual we go eat fast food come on give me a word for today i i don't know what you do Bible reading but if you're the kind lord give me a word for today beautiful verse thank you lord i'm on my way <laughs> it's okay to do it once in a while please don't do it every day yeah um, I mean, I, I do my Bible reading and all that every day, but there's times when I'm so busy where I'm not just sitting still. Yeah. And there was a time I used to do that all the time. And I'm like, lately, I'm like, I'm, I'm tired. Of course I am because I'm not sitting still. I'm just running, rushing. And even when I get the word, there's sometimes like, like I need to study this more. And like, I, you know, you have to go back another time and do that. But um, let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Father God, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you because our, you are our Father. You bring us to your banqueting table. You've invited us. You've invited us. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that we're even invited. Our name is at the table. There's a name tag with each one of us. And you leave it 
seat, that seat for us, Lord. Father God, help us to, to take more time to sit, enjoy your presence, to sit in your presence, to be quiet before you, to stop the noise, to stop the activity. And I pray, Lord, even as a congregation, Lord, we want to experience that banqueting table. We want to experience what, what is it even more to sit at the Father's table and enjoy your presence. And even our children is going to be blessed by that. And I thank you, Lord. I thank you. We will understand what's your inheritance. Father God, I know we want to help people out there who are crippled, Lord. But I pray even today, especially for any area in our life that's crippled, that's unable to move, that's un- because of a fall, because of an incident, because of a circumstance, because of a pain, a wound, anything that causes it, if it's from years ago, if it's current, if it's from today, Lord, you know what's in our heart. You know even how that affected us. You know where it's at exactly, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, for loosing, loosing these places, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you. Even today will be carried, Lord, to your table, Lord. Even those places of crippledness will be healed. If it's a father wound, even as Brother Brown talked last week about a father's wound, a father's wound, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that we know you love us so much. And we don't have to measure up to anything or anyone, Lord. We don't have to measure up to anything or anyone, Lord. We thank you. You love us so much. We, because we are your children. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for the balm of Gilead. Thank you for healing today. Thank you for healing. Father God, hear, heal us. Heal our children. There's areas of woundedness. And I know even the little ones, sometimes we think they're too little to be wounded about anything. We don't know, Lord, what's in their heart. Father God, you heal them, Lord. Heal them. Even any thinking, anything, any seed in their life or heart that's been planted by the enemy regarding you as the Father, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We pluck it out today. Let them know you as a good father. As a good father. The shepherd who takes care of the sheep, the shepherd who anoints him with oil, the shepherd who takes us to still water so we don't drown, the good shepherd, the good father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.